I love it when Justin Garcia joins us because he's insightful, he's fun, he's always got good recipes for the crock pot to share. But I love it even more because of the music that introduced him. He is our Bucks buddy. You hear him across the Bucks radio network. You hear him before the game. You hear him during the game. You hear him at halftime. You hear him during the second half. You hear him post game. Then you hear him on Bucks talk. There's nothing he won't do to educate and elucidate you on the Milwaukee Bucks. He is Justin Garcia. Justin, I'm sorry that it took us so long to get to you. Jesse was singing on the radio. Mm. Well, that's hard to uh, compete with, so no apology needed. Uh, And I assume you were one of the fortunate ones who missed it. Um, Well, that's what Wisconsin On Demand is for, Jason, so I will be sure to uh, check that out Mm -hmm. as soon as this show wraps up. Uh, okay, good luck with that. My uh, mom thought it was great, for the record. She texted me. She never listens. I didn't even tell her I was doing it. Uh, lucky Enjoy her. Uh, hey, JG, I, I missed you and Gabe Neitzel on the call on Monday. I was on some phone calls during my drive from ballet, so I did not get to hear the broadcast, but... I had not been the the Bucks schedule and my chauffeur work for Maddie to the Milwaukee Ballet had not lined up all that well in recent weeks. So it's been a while. Last time I was listening to Bucks talk, I was texting with you during the show. There were concerns. They'd lost another game. Chris Middleton in and out of the lineup. And now suddenly they've won eight straight. They've got the second best record in the East. They're one game behind the Celtics. Uh, Kyrie Irving has been traded out of the conference. Everything's coming up roses for the Bucks right now. Giannis is scoring 50 a game. I mean, how good are things for the Milwaukee Bucks right now? Well, it's been, uh, it's been pretty good. It's been even better for those of us that kind of preached patience. Let's not rush to judgments just yet. you got to wait to see this team at full strength before we panic. I mean, the big talking points were... What's wrong with Giannis? He's not efficient as he was a year ago. And, you know, we were quick to point out, well, look at the guys that are on the floor with him. It's not a knock on those guys, but it, it hasn't been the same consistent group. And it changes things when you don't have Chris Middleton. I mean, think about how many times we've seen that lob from Chris to Giannis already in the eight games that Chris Middleton has returned, part two. So just having him back, changes things offensively. I think the other part that's really helped Chris is he's been able to come in, and I don't want to make it sound like all he's doing is shooting and scoring, but he's essentially been a designated scorer off the bench and and been a super sub for this team. So you've had more lineups where you have some guaranteed baskets on the floor. I mean, earlier in the season, when, when Giannis would leave the floor, you know, if it was a game that, uh, that that Drew wasn't playing, if it was during a stretch where Bobby or Grayson weren't shooting the ball as well, the offense was a chore. And I think what really points to that is as good as the offense has been since this team has moved closer to healthy, they're still 22nd in the league in offensive rating. For, mm-hmm. for all these numbers, 150 points in Chris Middleton's return, it's still barely moving the needle. That's how poor the offense was early in the year. But... The defense continues to get better. It was elite early in the season. Chris Middleton certainly helps you there. 
Giannis is all of a sudden beneficent. Amazing how that works. And the net rating is the thing to keep an eye on because that is the biggest indicator of who are the actual best teams in the league. And the Bucks are suddenly moving closer and closer to numbers we've seen the last few years. It was down to like a, a plus one for most of this season, which you know, it, it'll, it'll get you above 500, but it's not great. And now all of a sudden they're back in the top ten there. So tomorrow at 2 o'clock, JG, is the trade deadline. Are the Bucks going to do anything, or what's your assessment of what they could try and improve upon if they're going to do anything before that 2 o'clock deadline tomorrow? Well, what you could improve upon is what every team wants, and you could still use some more wings, and specifically bigger wings. Um, for, for most of the season, I did say or thought they're going to do something. I don't anticipate anything major, but, you know, we've heard the, the same names keep popping up. Jay Crowder has been there, and it hasn't gone away all season. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, Derek Rose is a name that came up last night. I don't know how much stock I put into that because it's a name we seem to hear every year linked to the Bucks, and it, it really feels like the Knicks are floating this out there to try and inflate his interest around the league. Uh, but I do think they're going to do something. If history's any indication, John Horst very rarely – uh, since it's quiet during the deadline. It's usually second-round picks that he's used to get deals done. I mean, that's what helped facilitate P.J. Tucker and uh, what brought you Nico Miritich was four second-rounders. The trade that brought in George Hill prior to the trade deadline, you used second-round picks. So the good news for the Bucks is they have an abundance of those second-round picks. It's going to be tough to land anything major unless the Bucks were looking to trade a core piece, which I do not see. So it's going to be basically around $10 million that you really have in salary to move, that would get you a, a pretty decent bench player and, and maybe a wing guy or a backup point guard with a little more size. I know Javon Carter's been playing very well lately, but you'd still like a little more size out there on the perimeter for the postseason. So I think they're going to do something. I don't think it's major. But I did hear from someone doing my best uh, Eric Name impersonation, someone close to some teams that indicated I think it's going to be a pretty busy trade deadline across the board, and that was a couple of days ago. I do wonder how much the Kyrie Irving trade changes things because I think there's a lot of teams that are going to say, well, we have these assets we were looking to move. Why don't we just save them and wait to see what the Nets do with Kevin Durant? Because I think now teams aren't necessarily convinced that Brooklyn is going to hold on to Durant. I know that's that's why they made that deal with Kyrie Irving and, and the Mavericks to bring back guys that will help you now. But there's, I think, some growing teams that think, look, he already requested a trade over the summer. Kyrie's gone now. It's a matter of time before he has to be moved again. And then let's save our assets and try to make a play for him rather than getting a B or C version of a guy like Durant now. JG, do you think if they were to stand pat, and I know you said that John Horst does not have that historically approach, do uh, you think they've got enough where they are right now, the pieces that they need, or do you think they actually need to make that move for that one bench player that can help them in the postseason, a la what P.J. Tucker gave them during the championship year, etc.? Well, I think it's, it kind of tied to what the rest of the East does. That's what I wonder. So if you stand pat, and 
the Sixers and Celtic also do the same, I think you still look at your team and say, look, we we still feel we are a good matchup against Philly and have a better roster than them top to bottom. And, you know, everybody pointed to that series last year, if Chris Middleton plays, we think it goes differently. So if all three of those teams stand pat, then, yeah, I think you're certainly right up there with the Celtics. And you can make a strong case. We didn't have Chris Middleton last time. If one of those teams, or even a team on the outskirts, like if the Cavaliers can somehow find an impact player on the wing to play next to Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, I know they're young, and a lot of those guys haven't really been through the postseason before or won a playoff series, but that's another team that all of a sudden is interesting. I I just said you wonder if Brooklyn has to end up dealing Kevin Durant. Well, what if they don't, and they're able to package some assets and somehow find a team that's willing to take Ben Simmons' contract and bring back another guy to pair with him, then that becomes a scary team, and it increases you know, those hurdles you have to go through in the Eastern Conference. So it's one of those interesting spots where you're just kind of looking over your shoulder of, we feel good, and we feel like if we don't do anything, we're still maybe the best team in our conference, but what if one of these teams behind us does something and, and maybe doesn't necessarily get past us, but if they get close to us, that just makes the East tougher, and it makes it even more important that you finish in the top two to minimize the amount of those teams you go through. JG, before we let you go, since our time was, I don't want to say squandered with Jesse's singing, Sorry. but certainly used up by Jesse's singing, uh, the big LeBron news becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, not happening against the Bucks. Lou Alcindor's first team. Uh, where are you at on the... I, I don't know where you stand on LeBron just as a player and as a guy and where he fits in the Pantheon, but a little bummed that he didn't get to do it against the Bucks. Did that happen last night? Did I miss that? No. Um, Smaller story, but I know uh, you've been following it. <laughs> you know, uh, yes and no. I mean, it would have been neat to see... And certainly the story of LeBron doing it in a game played between the two teams that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played for would have added to that storytelling as well. But when you watch everything that unfolded, and uh, just think about the fact that, you know, there's 10 seconds left in the quarter, and we had, what, a 10-minute break to get this ceremony and everything else. That's the part where you're like, you know what, it's probably better off that you didn't have to deal with that because you, you got to keep winning games if you're the Bucks, and to not have to deal with that distraction and just go out there and play a basketball game. And I'm sure for LeBron, too, he's even more happy to get this out of the way, and that takes some stress off of you. So I, I guess I'm fine with just being able to observe it as a fan last night. Part of me really wanted to see it happen against the Bucks, But then as we got closer to last night's game, it was, you know what, let's just end this now so you don't have to worry about those distractions in tomorrow's game. In terms of LeBron overall, I was a fan. I remember watching his, or am a fan. I remember watching his first uh, his first career game against the Sacramento Kings in my college apartment, and it, it's just remarkable what he's done. Obviously, the scoring record, but this was a guy that really should have fallen short along the way. When you think about all the hype that was placed on him, and think about everybody his age that goes through that. It's very, very rare. He may be the only one that went through all that scrutiny and got all that attention and still met and exceeded expectations. Yeah. And that's what's most yeah. impressive about LeBron. 
Well, he's come a long way since his first game, and so have you as you sat in your college apartment. Now look at you calling games with Dave Kane. We're so proud of you, buddy, and we appreciate you always making time for us, even though you're a big deal now on the Bucks Radio Network, even bigger than you were before. Thanks. Any time, guys. Uh, preferably not a time when Jesse's singing and using up airtime that he could have used. That is Justin Garcia, our Bucks buddy. He mentioned LeBron getting the scoring record. Apparently, from what we learned from Tausch Jesse at the start of the show when he joined us, uh, that was not a good play for him on prize picks. Uh, no, it was not a good play for Tausch. It was not a good play for me either. I was in lockstep with Tausch last night. Took the less option for LeBron James total points. That was a mistake. It was Taco Tuesday. Wednesday is one of my favorite days of the week on Prize Picks because it's Happy Hour Wednesday. You can do uh, entries as little as one dollar on the afternoons on Wednesday. So you get to play a little cheaper on prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. If you want to take more on LeBron, if you want to take a lot more on Giannis, you know he's going to want to have a big night tomorrow night on the national stage against the King, then you can select those. It is daily fantasy made easy. And it's so fun when you pick two to six players, you can win up to 25 times your money on any sport available. Download the prize picks app. Go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today with prize picks use promo promo code easy for me to say promo code wi when you sign up for an instant deposit up to a hundred dollars match promo code wi we'll wrap things up with an announcement of who our cousin sub is tomorrow and maybe a critique of jesse's singing as will the and tausch